This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, especially if you're watching for the first time. Now, we want to encourage you to stay tuned today. Let me tell you our theme for our lesson today. Kept by the power of God. Kept by the power of God. There, we're going to be reading from the book of 1 Peter, and, and that phrase is found in a passage in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. Kept by the power of God. Stay tuned for the lesson today. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Let me emphasize the fact that it is free. And you say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I know that's what you say, but now what does it really cost? We don't ask for money on getting to know your Bible. We don't ask for donations. We don't try to sell the, the, the Bible course or the CDs or the DVDs that we offer uh, to you. When you, make, when you request them, uh, they are free. They are free of charge. And you say, well, I, I just know there must be some catch to this because you don't just give something free. Well, we just do. We give it free of charge. There's no cost to you. We want you to have the Bible course so that you can get better acquainted with the Bible. And we want to pause now so you can learn more about the course and so you can find out how that you can receive this free Bible Correspondence Course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from 1 Peter, the first chapter, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 3, and we'll read through the ninth verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, I want you to look at verse number 5, where we have the expression, kept 
by the power of God. Who is it that is kept by the power of God? Well, they're not those on whom worldly fortune has smiled. They're not those who have grown rich and powerful. They're not those who have waded through slaughter to a throne. Those who are kept by the power of God are not those who have a life of ease and fame. So, so who are they? Well, according to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, that they are those who have been begotten again. They have been begotten again. They have been born of water and of the Spirit, John 3 and verse number 5. Th those who are kept by the power of God are those who have passed from life to death. That's 1 Peter 1, 3. We have a living hope or a lively hope. So those who are kept are those who have been begotten again and those who have passed from death to spiritual life. Those who are kept by the power of God are those who are children of the kingdom. But who is it that keeps us? Peter said we're kept by the power of God. Who keeps them? This letter was written to scattered strangers. And it, who was it that was the keeper of these scattered pilgrims, uh, of these weak and persecuted saints? And let me ask, who is your keeper? Who is your keeper? You know, some try to be their own keeper. That was the mistake of the rich farmer who tried to be his own keeper. He tried, he failed. In Luke, the 12th chapter, Jesus, beginning in the 15th verse, said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Where shall I bestow all of my fruits and my goods? This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. And there I will bestow all of my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, Thou fool, that this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Here's a man who tried to be his own keeper. He thought he was going to live for a long, long time and he thought he had made provisions for himself for a long, long time. But God told him that that was an incorrect thing. Another that tried to be their own keeper was the people of Laodicea. In the church at Laodicea. They said, we are rich and we are increased in goods and, and we have need of nothing. And the Lord said, you just don't understand. I know you. I know you better than you know yourself. And I know that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And they were counseled to, to repent and, 
to be, to be zealous and to repent of their sin. They were just trying to be their own keeper. Who is it that is our keeper? God is our keeper. There was a time when Napoleon felt adequate to the task of keeping himself. Oh, Napoleon had won victory after victory, and he was self-sufficient. Why, he could keep himself. And he marched on to, to the Russia, and he went on to Waterloo, where he uh, met uh, disaster. And all that he had at the end of the day was a pair of military boots that he insisted on having on his cold feet when he died. He found out you cannot be your own keeper. God is the keeper of those who have been born again, who have a lively or living hope, and are in the kingdom. Let me ask you a question before we go on much farther. Have you been born again? Have you been born of water and of the Spirit, according to John 3, 5? When we are born again, we have God as our keeper. I would urge you to think about this as we talk today about kept by the power of God. Some years ago, a man was arrested in absentia. He was thrown into jail, and, and it so happened the man that was arrested was a subject of the British Empire. It was six months before the news of his arrest reached London and a demand for his release was sent out. But the demand was ignored. So after the demand to release the man was ignored, 10,000 men were put upon transports and, and sent to the rescue of this one British subject. They landed to the nearest port, marched 700 miles, battered down the prison door and brought their fellow citizen liberty. He no doubt appreciated the fact that he was a part of the British Empire. He was kept by the power of Great Britain. The scattered strangers that we read about in the book of 1 Peter are far more fortunate. They are kept by the power of God. God keeps us from every kind of evil. We're to be kept from everything that would mar our lives. Now this does not mean, this does not mean that we are exempt from having trouble in our lives. For indeed there's going to be conflict. Paul in Philippians the first chapter said, And nothing be terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. The fact that we're kept by the power of God doesn't mean we're exempt from conflict. It doesn't mean that we're never ever going to be tested. We read early in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 where we read about the testing of our faith. 
And the fact that we are kept by the power of God does not mean that there will be no battles to be fought. For indeed, there are going to be some battles to fight. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And I'd suggest that we will not be able to lay hold on eternal life without fighting the good fight of faith. And the fact that we are kept by the power of God does not mean that there will be no fiery furnace along the way. Our faith can be tested as it were by fire. Now, God will either keep us out of the furnace or God will get in the furnace with us. And it may be that right now you're having some fiery trials in your life and you, you say, I, don't, I just can't see God keeping me from this. He may not keep you out of the fiery furnace. He may not take away the conflict and the turmoil that you have, but He will keep you in the midst of it. God is able to keep, keep us in all conditions and in all circumstances of life. You see, He's able to keep us when we're having a hard uh, fight to keep the wolf away from the door. And I have an idea right now that I'm speaking to some just exactly like that. You have a hard time providing enough food for your family, and you have a hard time maybe paying the light bill and, and the, the gas bill and the rent or the note on your home, the automobile uh, payment. You're having a hard time. But you see, God is able to keep us when we're having a hard time in that way. I love Psalms 37 and 25 where David said, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You see, God is able to keep us under all circumstances and in all conditions. He's able to keep us in times of prosperity. He's able to keep us when we're in the best of health and, and that feel sickness is impossible. He can keep us then. He can keep us when the roses have faded and pain walks along every nerve of our tortured bodies. And He can keep us when we have been slandered, when we have been misunderstood, when we have been disgraced, God is able to keep us kept by the power of God. God. God is able to keep us at all seasons of life. He's able to keep us in the days of our youth. He, he is able to keep us in, in life's middle age. He can keep us when our strength has failed. When we get down to the end of life and we begin to get into what some refer to as the latter part of life, God can keep us. We are kept by the power of God. But may I raise a question at this point? And the question is this, how are men kept by God's power? And the answer to that question is found in 1 Peter chapter 1. It is through faith that we are kept by the power of God.
And the faith that keeps us is a faith that leads to obedience to God. Well, if an individual says he has faith, he doesn't obey God, that's a shallow faith. It is an unproductive faith. It is described in the second chapter of James as being a dead faith because a saving faith is a faith that obeys God. A man may say he has faith, but he doesn't have works, James said. Why, he said, I'll show you my faith by my works. And faith without works is dead being alone. And so the faith that saves us, the faith that keeps us by God's power, is a faith that leads to obedience. It is a faith that recognizes that there are laws that govern the spiritual world just as there are laws that govern the physical world. I would not be showing faith if, uh, if I should drink deadly poison or if I should jump out of a 10-story building and depending on God to keep me. God's not going to keep me under those circumstances. That would be presuming on God. I'd just be showing how foolish I am to drink deadly poison and jump out of a 10-story building. And some are just as foolish in the spiritual realm. You go places, you have no business going, and you think God will take care of you. Or you do things that you have no business doing, and you think God will take care of you. You put your head in the mouth of the lion and then you pray God will not let the lion close his mouth on your head. That, that's not having faith in God. That, that's that's uh, showing a disrespect for God. And that's presuming on God. You leave off your duty. You leave off your responsibility toward God and, and then you pray that God will not that, that God will keep you, but God will not keep you. First of all, for example, if you neglect His Word, He's not going to keep you. Now, faith comes by hearing God's Word, Romans 10, 17. And, and a failure to study the Bible leads a person to spiritual uh, illiteracy. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, we read in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and in verse number 6. And we need to study the Scriptures daily Acts chapter 17 and 11. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the Word, that you may grow thereby. How can we neglect the Word of God and neglect God talking to us and expect God to keep us? And if we leave off this prayer, why do you think God's going to keep us if we won't talk to God? Why will He keep us? First uh, Samuel twelve twenty three. There the rival says, "God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in, in ceasing to pray for you." It is a sin against God when we fail to pray, and when we fail to pray, do you think God is going to be our keeper? Here, are people who know they ought to be in worship on the Lord's day—that's the first day of the week on Sunday. As a matter of fact, we're exhorted along that line in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, verse 25, 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, the gathering of ourselves together. And so we're not to do that. It's a sin to do that. And we neglect worship and then we think God will be our keeper. Such conduct as that is not, not faith, but it's a lack of faith. A faith that is real. A faith that saves. A faith that keeps is a faith that obeys. It's a faith that does what the Lord tells you to do. That's the reason Revelation 22 and verse 14 says, Blessed are those that keep His commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and enter in through the gates into the city. And so God can keep us under no other conditions. We are kept by the power of God through faith in God. Well, what is the results of God keeping us? What is the results of God keeping us? Well, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 says, He keeps us unto salvation. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 19, He keeps our souls. He is the keeper of our souls. Also in the book of Jude, in verse 24, He keeps us from falling. He keeps us from falling. He can keep us from falling when we are submissive to His will, to His Word. And then, according to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, He keeps us unto the end. Listen to Paul. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul had committed his very eternal existence into the hands of God. He had committed his soul into the hands of God. He had committed his future into the hands of God. His eternal destiny had been com committed into God's hands. And he said, he is able to keep me unto that day. And that day being the end of time, the day of judgment, the day when Christ returns. So the results of God keeping us is marvelous. He keeps us unto salvation. He keeps our souls. He keeps us from falling. And He keeps us unto the end. But friends, is God keeping you. Have you been born again? In John 3 and 7, Jesus said, you must be born again. It wasn't an option. It wasn't a suggestion. But Jesus said, you must be born again. 
in verse 5. Jesus answered a question asked by Nicodemus in verse 4. Because Nicodemus asked the question, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. In order that we might have that lively hope, that living hope that Peter talks about in this chapter, we must be begotten of God and we must be born of God, born of water and born of the Spirit. And then as newborn creatures in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to be kept, kept, by the power of God. But that keeping is conditional upon our staying faithful to Him. Jesus said, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Friend, if you've never obeyed God, and you've never obeyed Jesus, by being born again of water and the Spirit, by being baptized, as a penitent believer in Jesus Christ, may I urge you to do that today. Believe on Him with all of your heart. Repent of your sins. Be baptized into Christ. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you've done that, if you've done that, then you've been born again. Born of water and of the Spirit. John 3, 5, Galatians 3, 26, For you all the children of God by faith in Christ. You see, being a child of God means that you have been born into His family. And so there you have faith in Him, in Christ. And then in verse 27, Paul wrote, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, did put on Christ. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. And once you do that, you're kept by the power of God. Conditionally, and that is, as you remain faithful to Him. In the closing moments, may I urge you right now to please pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. It will help you in learning more about how to be born again. How to serve God how to be kept by the power of God. And also, may I give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 
3-6-5-8-0. Or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>